What's going on, everyone? This is the epic Twitter spaces that took place on October 22nd with Christian, Koji, and Shaban. If you missed it, that's why we're playing it here again. They walked through the early NFT movement that took place on Bitcoin, which these guys were just absolutely critical pieces in those early first steps. If you don't know Christian, he was responsible for Saratobi. I did a podcast with Christian where we talk about Saratobi as a game. It's one of the first play-to-earn games ever. We also talked about him building interoperability, which is happening all over the NFT space right now. But back then, this was really revolutionary stuff. Also on the podcast here is Koji. Koji was responsible for Book of Orbs. If you've never heard of Book of Orbs, it was one of the first world's first like mobile token wallets that focused on NFT collectibles. So Koji was super important. And Shaban, of course, founder of Spells of Genesis. It doesn't get any bigger than that. If, if you are studying NFT history, you have to know about Spells of Genesis. Absolutely huge. This is just an, a crazy, amazing Twitter spaces that all three of these guys are here together talking about it. Uh, thanks so much to Christian for allowing me to rebroadcast it on my podcast. It just feels like an honor to be able to do this for him. So Christian, thanks so much for that. And just enjoy this podcast with Christian Koji and Shaban. Yeah, okay, so welcome everybody. So yeah, um, for people who um, are new, I'll just give a bit of background about this space. So I mentioned a second ago, but I'll just mention it again. Um, yeah, I suddenly started to get a lot of DMs and started to get followed by people with .eth after their name. And apparently some people have discovered old NFTs. Um, I still find it quite strange to say the word NFT because it's quite a new term for me. I'm kind of like, a, I suppose, like <laughs> yeah, an old person. So it's like, it's like, you know, it's only been like, what, six, seven years or eight years? I don't know, but I feel like an old man who's out of touch with technology. But we called them tokens and we didn't say mint, we said issue. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people were inquiring about some of the old tokens I issued or the old NFTs I minted. And then lots of people, minted. yeah, minted. <laughs> lots of people, they wanted to know more about the history because I think for myself, Cody and Shaban, the history is actually quite... Um, you know, it seems obvious, but obviously most people won't know about it. You know, obviously it's kind of, it's patchy, it's spread over tweets and medium blogs. Um, so people, they wanted to ask questions um, and they wanted yeah. me to do an, an AMA. But um, really, I think uh, Shaban and Koji were the people who introduced me to it. And they're kind of like even more old school than I am. Uh, so I thought it'd be best to have Ivis on. A lot of people were complaining that Shaban only does seem to do interviews in French, so they don't really know what he's saying. So it's good to kind of hear it. Um, cool. So what we'll do, I'll just get each of you to introduce yourselves, and then uh, yeah, then I'll just start off with some questions about the history. Um, so I'll just introduce myself first. I'm Christian, also known as Mandel Duck. I've been making like Bitcoin applications and games since 2013. I think my first Bitcoin game came out 2014, which was a, a game called. Saratobi, where you basically tap a, you tap the screen and swing a monkey, and the game would reward you in Bitcoin. And yeah, I've basically since then I've been like experimenting with Bitcoin games. Went into uh, token games or NFT games, as they're called now. Uh, now I'm focusing on Lightning. I'm sure we'll get into this history a bit more. But yeah, that's me, um, Koji. Do you want to just give a brief introduction? Not to give too many details away, because obviously we'll get yeah, into yeah. the weeds. A bit later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I'm Koji. Uh, I've been I've been working on the Bitcoin space since 2014, mostly in Japan and and some other Asian countries. I live in Taiwan now, uh, but I did a lot of 
now called NFT stuff with Shaban and Chris back in 2015, 16, 17, mostly. And then I kind of left. And now I'm working mostly on Lightning Network, which is kind of, you know, similar to what Christian's doing now. So there's a lot of crossing paths there. But uh, yeah, mostly I, I understand the Japanese market pretty well. It's doing a lot of NFT stuff. I don't really understand what's happening now in, in the token slash NFT space. So, but we can maybe discuss that as well. What, what, how we think about the current uh, NFT ecosystem, do we like it or not? <laughs> but we can talk about it later. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. Awesome. Sh Shaban? Hello, Shaban Shami uh, from Geneva, Switzerland. Um, I'm the founder of Everdreamsoft, a company, game company started in 2010 and uh, got interested in, I would say, blockchain, Bitcoin uh, in 2013-14 and uh, started to, uh, to, to, to get interested in games. And shoot out to, um, to Chris because Mandelok uh, uh, Toby was uh, a really well-known game in the microcosm <laughs> of e-commerce. Yeah. And um, I, I really love that you could do something entertaining uh, with uh, technology that was amazing. So since then, uh, producer Spells of Genesis for quite a long and now specializing in NFT. A new name, I like tokenized assets better, uh, that defines better. Uh, what we do, and now we do uh, wallets and different tools for for NFT across multiple chains. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. Okay, well let's let's start at the beginning. Um, so, I think where, for my understanding, I think Shaban, you were the first person to really use like NFTs or tokenized assets in games that I really know of. So I know you had a game before, which was Munger, right? So how did that happen? Like, how did Spells of Genesis happen? What made you decide to put, like, tokens or NFTs in the game? Um, I, I, I think that's where it starts. And then later we can talk about how you met Koji and then where I came in. But I just want to start with that story. be quite interested because I think I've heard it once, but I think we were drunk when you told me, so I think I've forgotten it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, um, well, we started Munga, uh, a trading card game in 2010, and uh, it's a strategic card game, and uh, we noticed people were um, exchanging cards with in-game currency, um, but exchanging real money on the, the table. Then they contact the support and say, hey, my account was hacked, this and that, can you revert this, can you... Uh, can you give me my, back my card? And then we couldn't follow the track of who paid what or, or where the money went. And it's not our business as game developer to be custodian of people uh, value because those cards has real value. And as a game developer, like every game developer who does traditional game, um, we are holding value uh, for user and it's a problem. So we thought about, um, we thought about physical uh, card game. So the good thing about the physical card game is you really own what you purchase. So you go to the store, you buy your item, and then you go back home, and then you are free to do whatever you want with your um, your assets. And on digital, you cannot do that. You don't own what you purchase, whether it's music or or a movie. You don't really own it, and you cannot give it to a friend or 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 sell it. But the physical can do that, and. Blockchain, uh, the Bitcoin, the idea of Bitcoin uh, is non-transparency and non-duplicability and full control of 
the, the private key and the token, we I thought we could emulate that in a game, not for monetary. A lot of project was about payments, uh, using Bitcoin for, for payments. And here uh, we thought, okay, but what about character, uh, images, cards, etc.? And that's where it all started. And uh, we issued the, the first card that was compatible with Munga, our first game, and Spells of Genesis that will come after. And the idea is to have the same token usable in two different games. Uh, just like a physical card, you can also play different rules uh, or games with the same items. So the, the idea... Let me just kind of stop, pause there. Uh, so, so you issued the first card for Munga, and but how did you actually find out about how to issue cards on Bitcoin? Like, what was that journey? Were you just like on Reddit? Were you a Bitcoiner or ready? Because like the technology, it was pretty niche, so it's pretty hard to find out about it. I would imagine, you know, unless you were like, you know, a gold bug or a, a libertarian who were kind of, you know. So yeah, I'm, I'm interested to hear that story. So to, to trace back a little bit, um, I heard about Bitcoin in 2012 or something, and 11, 12, and um, I just saw the news, and I saw that the price was uh, going up from 50 to $100, and I thought, well, it's interesting, why, why I don't own that? Then I forgot a little bit, and so other news saying Bitcoin went from uh, 100 to 200 um, and then I said, yeah, now I need to, to, to buy uh, to buy Bitcoin, of course. And then I went to buy my first coin and um, I learned about it. Uh, I, I tried to understand what it is, how it works. And the more I learned, the more fascinating it was. It was really, really amazing. And not just something for speculation, but really something that will change the world in very uh, in various ways. Um, and I started uh, to get interested in what exists, what is possible to do. And one thing uh, was the colored coin. That was the first uh, interesting use uh, of Bitcoin is to, to add metadata on blockchain. So not only transferring uh, one Bitcoin, but to assign a certain value um, or, or a certain something to, uh, to a coin. And uh, then I got interested in that. I tried a little bit and then Counterparty uh, came. I tried a lot of different uh, things at that time. And Counterparty was really easy to use, um, easy to issue token, to play around. And I thought that was the perfect uh, thing to put Spells of Genesis or Munga uh, cards on, on Counterparty. Not to issue a currency, but to issue really um, a, a, a character that would have the same property as a, as so a character. I think you know, that's actually quite interesting because I think you're the, probably one of the first person to see what is obvious to people now, but what people might not re realize is the first examples of colored coins and counterparty. Nobody actually thought of issuing like an NFT as in a rare item that's collectible. It was all about kind of DeFi, I think, and finance. From what I understand, like people wanted to do like shares in companies, especially counterparty was like that, I believe. Now, like pretty much the main use case of kind of tokenized assets are like collectibles and art but at the time i think nobody saw that so it's quite interesting that you saw that and that's probably why you probably chose counterparty over colored coins because counterparty probably let you it was more better suited to issuing a collectible or a card is, is that fair to say yes uh, there, there was several advantage um on counterparty. one is the other coin if you use another wallet which is not compatible with Colorcoin, you you will lose the metadata. So it's easy to 
if you have a super dragon and use another wallet, lose um, that dragon. You can accidentally uh, send. Is, you can accidentally send your colored coin somewhere you didn't want to as well. If I remember, uh, because the, the way it worked, you have to be very very careful. But sorry, that's a, that's a side note. Yeah, yeah. So that that was an issue from adoption perspective because um, it's a huge risk for 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 players. And Counterparty also had an, a Dex decentralized exchange, super handy uh, to use um, and simple. So having a marketplace to exchange was built in the protocol, which is yeah. quite was quite rare at the at that time. Yeah, I know for sure. I I think we'll get into this later, but I think it's kind of what made made Counterparty take off. And then it's ultimately kind of what hurt it, I think. But I'll get into that more later. So you just basically, you found this out by Googling, like, like how did, you know, like, was it just, you saw it on Reddit? Cause like Bitcoin was niche, but Counterparty and colored coins must've been even more like yeah. esoteric to find that out. So, so there was one place at that time, uh, bitcointalk.com where everybody exposed their projects, ideas, the currency, token, new chain, even Ethereum was presented on, um, on, on Bitcoin Talk. And that was the main source of information with Reddit, which is still uh, different now, but um, main source of information. And there on the forum, there was very, a lot of smart people having smart ideas. And the, I would say the community was not as big and not as divided as it is, as it, it is now. And everybody w was interested in about everything um, at that time. And there, there was few projects and all fits in Bitcoin talk. So browsing on Bitcoin talk, you can, you could be aware of everything uh, happening in the space that was much smaller than now. Okay, cool. So you ish, so you use Counterparty to issue the first, let's just say NFT um, for Munger and Spells of Genesis. Is that still a Spells of Genesis asset? Is that still around or is that like, an, you know, what asset is that? I'm sure people would like to know. Oh, <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be quite expensive. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> so, so yes, they're, they're still around. Um, of course, the idea uh, when I started was um, the, the, the tokens would survive the game. So the tokens would be there even in, in 50 year, 100 year, because it's sure that the, the chain, the Bitcoin chain will stay here uh, for very long. So the idea was to embed um, blockchain history allegorically on the cards. That's why we have Satoshi depicted uh, the Genesis block and a lot of uh, different pieces of uh, history because I wanted the card to be in museum in 50 years. Uh, I wanted that people will remember how blockchain was, how everything started by collecting this token. So the, the, the game today is still, still around and we got the NFT rush uh, recently this year. A lot of people got interested in NFT and a lot of people started to get interested in the history of NFTs and the first one. And um, the price uh, went up a lot on, uh, on Spells of Genesis collectible as a lot of people coming from it are rediscovering um, and those cards and counterparty. It's still a bit uh, hard, I would say, counterparty to use compared to uh, to what exists on Ethereum. But it worth the effort, um, and it it actually rewards you um, to make this extra step. It's pretty. I think so what, that, what, that, 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 that token um, that was issued for yeah. Manga. Can I, I put it on on exchange? 
Uh, yes, so the first card we, we did was FD cards. Uh, we did it collaboration okay, with one, uh, FLDC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this card is a Spells of Genesis card, but uh, it was playable uh, directly when we issued in Munga. I can see the description uh, says Spells of Genesis slash Munga card for um, the folding coin project, right? Yeah. Wait, so was oh, so card, FD card playable on Munga as well? I forgot. I don't remember this part. Oh, yes. yes. It was first playable in Munga. Ah, I didn't know. Then we built Spells of Genesis. Mm. But, but at the time, Munga didn't, was not compatible with tokens, counterparty, right? So... It, it was not designed to be uh, compatible, but uh, I added sure that you can connect the wallets, uh, a counterparty wallet, and it would activate the ah. card. So the first integration was really on, ah. but it was not built in the game, but outside. So I didn't know that, actually. Uh, I, I forgot about that, but now I kind of remember you were saying something like that. <laughs> Also, I have another question. I also forgot. for Saban. What you said you envisioned those early special Genesis cards will be in the museum in the future. But when you issued those tokens, you actually kind of envisioned what we are having right now, what's happening now. Like some cards are going for like, you know, like near a million dollars or something like that. I, I didn't, to be quite honest. Yeah, um, so I envisioned that it will uh, arise in value, but I didn't envision that fast or in a, in a, in a short period because we build it long term and I thought it will take value as time goes and people will get interested. But we really had a rush uh, in, in 2021 um, that was really sudden, yeah. uh, but NFT in general and cryptos are going through bubble cycles. Mm -hmm. um, so the, you have a crazy price for a short period, then everything goes down and then things that has a lot of long-term value uh, continue to grow uh, slowly. And I think we are now a bit on this phase where there is a big rush and everybody get interested um, in NFTs in general, uh, but it will come down a bit and uh, then continue to, to rise. Cool. Awesome. Okay, great. So kind of skip forward a bit and Koji, where do you come into the picture? Um, yeah, so Shaban sometimes actually often went to Japan on the business trip. And I think it was 20 December or November 2014. He was at the Tokyo Bitcoin Meetup, I think. And we, we met Shab uh, I met Shaban. And he was talking about uh, a crypto, well, crypto in games, basically, in gaming. And before that, I was playing with Counterparty myself uh, in October 2014. I was actually inspired by Let's Talk Bitcoin podcast. And they, they were playing around with their own coin called LTV coin. You remember that, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah very few people remember that now, but they had this LTV coin. They would uh, give out some coins to their listeners, etc. And I thought, oh, that, that was cool. And I can do something similar on my blog, right? So I was, I issued my own token called CMP coin and uh, just, just trying to do new things with it. And then around that time I met Shaban and he mentioned, uh, cryptocurrency in gaming and i i initially thought he would just issue their own coin for their for his own game which is kind of uninteresting so i was like oh, okay 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 
because <laughs> at the time, most that's what most people are doing. I would issue a new token, new new currency for my game, and I'll sell this coin or something like that. So I'm like, okay, whatever. But since I already knew what Counterparty was and what it could do, issue a token, uh, limit the supply, that kind of stuff, I I could kind of immediately kind of understand. Oh, okay, this is cool. This is a very cool application. I didn't think of myself, and it's actually pretty genius. I thought. So we started talking more about this concept in details, and I started helping Shaban、uh, market SLG in Japan. So that's kind of how how it started. Late 2014. Yeah, yeah. I will. I will add when I met Koji.、Um, the 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 community was small, and、uh, Koji was really、uh, we got a real connection. Um, he's um, he's yeah. He was very smart and understanding of the potential of what we're we're doing. Strong position and strong ideas,、uh, I would say. But、um, he was really a a, a good match. Yeah.、Um, yeah. Uh, so I I was probably the only person who could understand his idea in at least in Japan because I was pretty pretty much the only person who was doing that. And I was like, okay, that that's a very cool idea, like tokenizing game assets. You know the counterparties.、Um, counterparty capabilities are actually very suitable.、Uh, having having the decks,、uh, being able to set the、uh, supply limit and make it indivisible. You know, so it just made a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I think that idea about because the first tokens, especially colored coins, were were more about you know making coins making. Currency, but the fact that Counterparty let you basically make an NFT because you could make it indivisible, and you could issue one or you could issue a hundred, but it was like a fixed piece. It made it perfect、yeah. for something like a collectible card. You、yeah. know, it's kind of a great analogy.、Um, okay, so the next thing that I see happening, and correct me if I'm wrong here, because I'm I'm not in a picture at the moment. I'm still in Australia,、um, like doing Saratobi <laughs> stuff. Saratobi, yeah. Yeah, and like there were like no Bitcoiners there. It was like it was weird. There was like no. I was in Sydney at the time, and there was no meetup that I knew of. There were like a few people around, but、um, but yeah, I'll talk about when I came to Japan in a bit. But、um, okay, well, actually, I might as well talk about it now. So I'd made Saratobi, and it was kind of you know becoming quite popular in the Bitcoin space. And I thought, you know, it's, maybe it's time to quit my day job and go back to Japan. I, I actually lived in Japan before, but I went to Australia because、uh, my girlfriend, wife now,、uh, my girlfriend at the time, wanted to study English abroad. So I kind of went did stuff in Australia for a bit, and I kind of went back to Japan. And when when I left Japan, I didn't know anything about Bitcoin. But when I came back to Japan, I was like a Bitcoin person. <laughs> It was quite strange. <laughs> and、um, yeah, and then I went to the Bitcoin meetup because Tokyo actually had a Bitcoin meetup, unlike Australia at the time, and that was obviously run by. Roger Ver and Ken Shishido, and、um, Ken was like a really good guy. He was like loved kind of introducing people and networking、yeah. people, and he, he introduced me to you, Koji, and、uh, your partner at the time, Yuta.、Um, mm-hmm. So, and I was told that、um, these guys、uh, are making a wallet that lets you hold Bitcoin assets. And my understanding at the time was that Counterparty didn't really have a mobile wallet. But you guys were making a mobile wallet that would let people hold their NFTs on their phone, and that was a project that was useful for Spells of Genesis because Spells of Genesis is a mobile game. But at the time, you probably didn't have any mobile way to hold the assets. Is is that right, Shaban Koji? Or 
Yeah, that's right. Yes. That's right. I, I just started experimenting with tokens myself, and I just felt the need for having a mobile wallet. Whatever you do, if it's gaming or using as tickets or whatever, you just need to have mobile wallet. So uh, my partner at the time and I, uh, yeah, started discussing it, and then I, I said, you know, this has this has very interesting potential, and we can be the first one to build this first token wallet mobile wallet in the world so let's let's try to let's let's you know give it a try basically so that's that was around 20 january 2015 slash uh december 2014 yeah so so let's just talk about the other person not here yuta so from my, i i was basically told by ken that like oh this guy made like a ton of money because he had a popular <laughs> mobile game in japan so obviously people are familiar like when the iphone came out actually i think he made it was, this was before the iphone because japan was a bit of a head on, on the curve with smartphones but when smartphones came out everybody's heard the stories about like, a kid who made a game in the bedroom and it became number one on the app store so i was told that yuta was this guy he kind of he was a young guy he made this popular game called charizo uh, which yeah, i think is like called bike yeah. rider the x yeah. or something which is i think at the time that was probably quite innovative on itself because at the time they're like there were no room there weren't like the game where you tap a screen it's like an endless runner where you tap a screen and something jumps was like not really there so touch was still kind of touch screen games were still kind of finding the feet so he made that game and it became very popular in japan and yeah and, and then i this is story i don't understand he somehow got heard about bitcoin and somehow he met you and then somehow yeah so maybe just talk about that like how did you meet yuta and like, uh, why did you decide uh, to make like, a company together? Yeah, I met him at a, at a Bitcoin event in Japan. That was, I forgot where it was. It was organized by some politician. Actually, he's very famous. He's a very famous politician now called, well, I forgot his name. <laughs> he just ran for <laughs> prime minister and he lost. But anyway, so he was, oh, okay. doing, he was doing something with Bitcoin at the time. And at the time, I, I would attend anything related to Bitcoin. So I, I went there and get Yuta, that free pizza. yeah, or something like that. I forgot what it was. Like you try to, let's try to use Bitcoin as, my, as a payment method or something like that. It's just, just, you know, early days. We just do whatever. And then I met him there. He was building a very, very simple wallet using blockchain.com API at the time. So I saw it and oh, that's cool. You are working on the wallet and then I, I shared my idea. So this this is what I'm doing. And, you know, I issued my own token and you can use different, you can use tokens for different things. If we have a token wallet, it's going to be very, very interesting and something we need as well. So, yeah. And then we decided to kind of build a token wallet since then. So kind of naturally, because he, he had something. He, so he was a developer. He was a wallet developer. He was already doing that. And I needed something. Uh, I, I needed a mobile wallet to just move forward with my experiments. So yeah, we then started working together. That's kind yeah, of what so this is, Yeah, and this is where I came in. I, I remember like looking at the wallet and you guys needed some help with dev. So I, I became, I helped out with developing the wallet as like a contractor pretty much. Yeah. And um, that, then actually, but this is how I got introduced into like tokens on the, Bitcoin right. and uh, yeah, and then obviously I met Shaban at some point. I can't remember when we first met. Probably when you came over to Japan for some business meeting, we probably met at some I don't know meetup. Uh, but you were kind of like one of the projects that were using our wallet spells of Genesis. And then once I saw it, and obviously I, I gained the knowledge of how to use you know tokens on Bitcoin, I thought, oh cool. Well, 
Shaban has like a, a bunch of tokens on his game and they linked his game by the mobile wallet. My game's on mobile. So why don't I just try and steal some of his users by saying, hey, if you have these spells of Genesis cards, they unlock something in Saratobi. So that's kind of like how I saw it at the time. And and then we kind of had a bit more of a closer integration going forward. I think at some point we basically saw that Indie Square wasn't really it was again it was a it was like a general purpose token wallet. Uh so we I think we decided to make one which was a bit more suited to gaming and collectibles. And at this time like the collectibles, I guess, idea was kind of taking off between us that people have these tokens but they actually want to kind of view it in a nice way right you know like they want it you know like a frame or something and you know they want to see that collection right so i think it was you guys or we came up well we basically came up with the idea of book of orbs and uh, i can't remember exactly how we came up with the name i know my sister did the logo but we kind of basically made a, it was basically a version of indie which also worked with the difference on the skin, web kind of, yeah yeah we, kind of, we skinned it and yep. I think that's where we started to realize that, you know, at this point, like tokens are kind of evolved from not just being like utility, but people just like to collect them and people like to have a collection and show. And that's why where Book of Orbs kind of comes in. Um, does that sound about right, Shaban? Yes, yes. The, the, the idea was um, all the wallets were very focused, like how many tokens I have, what's the value, how many Bitcoin and, and other things of value. But we wanted something where you can view your collection because, uh, as you said, it's collectibles. It's not currency that I, I own. And we wanted something really designed and targeted for collectors and people. Uh, for our game, it was also very useful because we needed a place where people can buy cards, can exchange cards, and secondary market. So that's uh, how we, we came all together with, uh, with Book of Orbs. I think there's a bit of synergy here between uh, Rare Pepe as well. So I understand Rare Pepe. Uh, I think w w the guys were probably inspired by Spells of Genesis, the Rare Pepe people. I remember, I know Joe Looney was one of the scientists uh, and one of the, I guess, originators. Not the guy, I think the guy who made started Rare Pepe was Mike. But I think joe looney was convinced seeing spells of genesis that like tokens could be collectible in cards so that's why he really got involved with rare pepe but then i think rare pepe was like the thing about rare pepe is like spells of genesis was kind of started from we let's make a game first and we have items for the game but rare pepe kind of just went straight to the collectibles and kind of reinforced that concept of collecting and in a way that obviously a game is cool but people just like to collect <laughs> you know they don't necessarily need a game and i think the rare pepe community were, uh, were trying to make uh, a Rare Pepe game called Rare Pepe Party, which would give usage to the tokens, but um, it wasn't well, really, I guess, required too much, you know, right. because we yeah. had fun collecting it. And uh, so, it, do, like, do you think that's fair to say with, like, um, Book of Orbs at Rare Pepe and uh, Memory Chain as well, which we get into, kind of reinforce the decision to kind of go down that route? Um, well, I think I think I think I remember. Uh, so in 2016, Spells of Genesis, well, 20 late 2015, early 2016, Spells of Genesis. Uh, well, Spells of Genesis did its ICO in 2015, right? Big crystals. Well, we we call it yeah. token sale at the time. 2015, April 2015, or something like that. Um, and and Shaban was uh, building game basically but SLG was 
not really well known in the community, in the extended Bitcoin or crypto community at the time. Uh, it was still a niche thing, uh, if I remember correctly, in 2016. And then, uh, and then at the time, Fossil Will, founder of Fossil Will kind of contacted us, or like Shaban was personal friends with the AG. founder. AG. Yeah, yeah, AG. AG. AG Shishido. Yeah, I like that guy. He's a fun guy. <laughs> AG Shishido, yeah. And then we, we talked and like, you know, he, I, we explained the concept of Bitcoin and tokens to him and he was very interested and he, he wants to do something uh, with that in 2016. But he said, or we, we discussed, we don't really have a, a wallet suitable for this purpose specifically for gaming or collectibles, right? So in order to onboard Force of Will or maybe potentially in the future, those companies, we need to have a, a better wallet, basically. So that's that's how we started working on thinking about Book of Orbs. And uh, I think that's what that's what we did. That's how we started on Book of Orbs. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So I think Force of Will deserves a mention here. So for people who don't know, Force of Will was an existing trading card game, which I think it, it was kind of popular. It was never like as popular as Magic the Gathering, but it had like, you know, a dedicated following. And yeah, yeah so AJ much was, much bigger uh, than Spurs of Genesis, for example, at the time. Sure, right? sure, sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we can probably get into that. Probably talk a little bit about that next, but I think Shaban, did you want to say something? I think I, I cut you off. Um, uh, no, no, okay. that, that's uh, that's correct. I don't remember exactly um, when we started Force of Will and how it came uh, with Book of Orbs, uh, which one first, but uh, but yeah, Koji remembers better. Yeah, okay. well, not, so, not, not, not really, but <laughs> I, I remember that, um, hey, I'm sure somebody will probably scour through our tweets and try to find, yeah. like, you know. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I remember the thing for Force of Will we did, we made a gacha, which I, I'm not sure that translates into English, but it's basically like, I guess people are familiar with the idea of loot box. Booster bag or, yeah. Hello? Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, um, go ahead. You basically buy like a card pack, right? And then if you buy a card pack of like Pokemon cards, you get a random, you get like, you know, there's 10 in there and like some are good, some aren't, you know, there could be a rare card in there. So we made the digital version of that where you would, it was built into Book of Orbs where people would, they issued their own, I guess, token, like, like against the card. So the card would trade against this token called Willcoin. And you would, I think you'd have to send the Willcoin to the, like in the app, you send it to the like gacha machine and then it would yeah. like return you a pack of um, force of will NFTs. And yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was pretty cool, but I guess it's weird because I think force of will guys, it felt like they kind of dropped out at some point. I think they were making a game as well that all these cards would be used in but i it, they never actually got like it seemed to me that they never actually got the attention of the force of will players <laughs> it was basically you know a few you know early counterparty people saw it but maybe koji's more familiar with that because at the time like i was there but my japanese wasn't great so i, I remember people were talking about it in japanese but it kind of felt like it was a bit of a a, a damp squib or and then Force of Will, and then I know that AG kind of left Force of Will. So I, I think they had some ongoings as well, like internal stuff with the yeah. game, um, like bad sales or something. But um, maybe Koji can enlighten us on that bit of history. Uh, about what what happened <laughs> with Force of Will. Um, yeah, 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 it's... I, I actually, honestly, quite don't quite understand myself what he was thinking, AG was thinking at the time. But uh, he basically said, okay... Uh, 
uh, we we want to kind of chip in and we want to join this token thing as well. And we're like, okay, that's that's cool. We at the time we wanted more titles and more companies to join and do something similar, right? And but he would kind of start requesting some kind of weird things. Or like it, it, it was kind of um, hard to. <laughs> what's the what's the word for that? He he sometimes said one thing and then suddenly start saying different things, that kind of thing, right? So, and he said, okay, we want to do, we want to tokenize our cars, our art, game game items, basically, and that's cool. And we we help them do that, and we also help them integrate a uh, counterparty token with their uh, beta product, beta software. Um, we did that as well, and we also sold some Willcoin and built Gacha as well. Um, and but and we did the first sale. We we had a we had incremental sales. We had like, you know, we we do the first sale and then see what happens. And if it goes well and a lot of people seem to like it, we'll have the second sale. And we did that way because that was uh, that would be more responsible way. I thought because we at the time we didn't know what would happen as well. So, but after the first sale, basically, I'm not mistaken, he. Just kind of suddenly said, oh, we'll back off. I don't know what happened. Maybe it's some internal issue because it seems some people in, within the company were not really fond of this idea. So, uh, yeah, and we, we had no other choice but to discontinue the project. And that's kind of what happened. So it kind of failed very quickly. But that's, <laughs> that's kind of the, yeah, what it is. It's a shame because the cars look really, really good and professional. You they know, they, they look really nice, good. actually. Yeah, they look really yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. And, and they look really nice on our app, Book of Wars, as well. And so, and also this gacha idea and like booster pack idea, it was at the time very new. And I heard NBA Top Shot does something similar now. Um, sure. So yeah, we, we were doing something kind of new and kind of mental, but uh, it just ended very quickly. And because of that, there is no strong community behind fossil fuel tokens, not like uh, RapidPay and other some other projects. So. Yeah, I kind of say that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I will add uh, on that is um, actually people who are interested in token blockchain tokens or NFTs at that time were very niche. So even our Munga player, mo most dedicated player, they didn't really embrace blockchain. People who actually purchased the card were more uh, people interested in blockchain technology in tokens. And the, the, the user didn't really overlap. So it's not very surprising that Force of Will player, traditional physical player, would not embrace immediately the uh, using a wallet and going through all this, this uh, hardship of getting Bitcoin. Sure. Yeah, yeah. At the time, yeah, getting, no, it's, having... it's safe to say that, like, you know, we, it yeah. was very early, you know, <laughs> like, it's like all, like, technologies right you know it, it gets a point where the the usability is good enough that you know it's got to pick up but before then obviously it's it's more pioneering and trailblazing but doesn't necessarily um go, go, go mainstream just yet yeah. uh another thing i kind of kind of want to go back to 2015 ish at the time uh one of the important things to know is that uh we were pretty broke <laughs> the Bitcoin price actually <laughs> dropped significantly in January 2015 or something. So at the price, the price, the Bitcoin price I bought it was like, I forgot, like, I don't know, 400, 600 or something like that. And it went all the way down to 200 or something like that, right? And well, we, we were doing a lot of things, not, of course, to make money, but 
uh, the card sales at the time compared to now were very small. And we were doing a lot of things under resource and <laughs> everything was kind of experimental as well at the time. So I, I would want to add that. It's not really, it was not easy uh, to say. Yeah. I know, yeah. I remember getting like quite a few late paychecks and stuff, you know, something. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. We're pretty broke. <laughs> but, but, you know, but it, 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 it's very much a passion project, right? Like nobody became like a dev, I can, maybe now they did, but in the, early days you were pretty stupid to quit your day job as like a, a programmer earning good money to work on bitcoin yeah. stuff because there's no there's no money in it and there's no money like you know obviously there was money in it if, if you held but spit of a side note a lot of early devs basically sold their bitcoin to pay rent whilst they're working on bitcoin stuff um so but anyway um yeah. So yeah, I think that's quite interesting to point out. It was, I remember kind of, you know, obviously it was never sure like how long the companies would last and we'd have to try and get investment yeah. or, or, but then the Bitcoin price would, would rise and we'd be all right for a few months kind of thing. It, you know, it, it was quite, you know, um, yep. unstable. Um, but I just want to kind of, so there's a few more projects I want to talk about until we open it up into questions. So obviously there's, uh, there's um, Saratobi Island, there's Kasatukan, there's Takara. Um, but before then, uh, maybe Koji can just tell us the story of BitGirls, which was quite <laughs> interesting. Uh, the well, first NFT TV show? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe yeah. The, well, yeah. before doing that, maybe we can have yeah, well, some other guys ask questions first. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Maybe, but we'll have questions. to keep it short because it might just kind of go on for ages to question. So we'll probably take like three questions or something well, yeah. well, well we can talk about this stuff for like three or four hours straight but <laughs> anyways um if somebody has a question about what we just talked about uh raise your hand i guess and I don't know how i see that I don't... uh that's adam adam make an hey man <laughs> yeah hey. you have a question thanks for th yeah, thanks for having me up here guys man this is uh this is amazing uh, I wish I, I wish I, I could have recorded this. I, I'm not in front of my computer. Uh, I'm recording I it, but I oh, think Twitter. God. I think I, 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 I'm recording it just like on my microphone, so it might not be the best quality. But I think Twitter. I think you, you can request a, a recording as well. I, okay, I think awesome, <laughs> awesome, man. Because I mean, this is like you know we talked about this having all three of you guys together um, to, to talk about early um, you know NFT history is just uh, it's amazing, and uh, I don't want to hog the stage. Uh, but hey, Koji, it's great to meet you. I've heard so much about you, and um, you know anybody who's interested to hear more. We we did do a couple podcasts, but um, I don't want to hog the stage. But this is uh, this is incredible. Uh, thanks so much, guys. This is great. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for joining. Thanks. Yeah, uh, I'm glad people turned up. Oh, John um, Looney is here as well. Maybe he can he can also join the panel as well. Okay, uh, or, we or got a question, question. From, yeah. from Jupiter, I think. Okay. Jupiter, do you want to have a question? Is I, I, let, I, I let him in. He, he can now speak. Mike, Mike is on. Can yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. This is incredible because uh, I was more or less there at the time. Um, I think Shaban, I knew Shaban um, in 1450. And um, I would actually have a question because I, I used to have the app, the Book of Orbs. And uh, for my, for my, uh, Bachelor's project, Shaban actually, uh, as a prize, he sent me 3,000 bit crystals. And I actually, like, I bought some of these Spells of Genesis cards. Um, I really want to know if, 
where the private keys were stored whether on the app or if there's any way to recover them that would be oh. awesome <laughs> but, yeah so i got I can answer that because I, I did like dev work on Book of Orbs. The private keys were never stored on the app. You had to write them down. So if you didn't write them down, <laughs> it's oh. sorry to say. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I get this question quite a lot. <laughs> You'll be surprised. But yeah, I guess that probably goes into the usability thing as well, right? You know, obviously it's good that you can hold your own stuff, but obviously, you know, um, stuff happens, right? And if stuff has to go mainstream, it's nice to have a, a backup. But yeah. We didn't store any private keys, you know. Um, yeah. So uh-huh. the, the company, okay, so uh, companies, yeah, even company itself cannot retrieve it. So. All right, that's <laughs> still incredible. Uh, really nice flashbacks. Like I, this is a shared memory. I still remember. Um, this is like really pre-Ethereum days. Uh, Shaban held a, a lecture at the university campus where he was demonstrating this principle where you can take a digital image. And it's represented as a bitmap. And you can put it through a hash function, generate a hash, and then burn that through counterparty as a transaction on the Bitcoin blockchain. And verify if you change any part of the pixel, then that image is no longer authentic. Remember that in a, yeah. in a lecture, and I just thought that was like really one of the first sort of ideas of how to how to pull an NFT or a digital asset. Yeah, yeah, because I think that goes into, you know, it's not really feasible to store image data on the Bitcoin blockchain, but this is a, a way to kind of to, to probably do it in a, in a small transaction. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, okay. Great on. Yeah, it's cool, it's cool to have you, uh, to, to have converted you as, uh, as a blockchainer. And um, because uh, we, we we gave some prize at the bas- for bachelors uh, for several years, and I always uh, asked myself if people uh, used their token or did something, or they just for- forgot it. But uh, for you, unfortunately, oh. you don't have your twelve yeah. words, but at least you you, you play with it. Yeah, no, it, it definitely. I, mean, I remember when you sent it to me. I was uh, I was in Cambodia. And it was during the ceremony of the bachelors. Uh, we were on video call, and you asked me to download the book of orbs, and then you sent me the token t- in live. That was all kind of really cool. But I ended up um, selling. Bought, I bought some of the Spell Genesis cards, and then I, I I sold the rest of the crystals, and then I bought Bitcoin at like two fifty. Uh, so it all ended up in the ecosystem. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Jifter. Thank yeah. Bye. I think. Yeah. Other people have other some other questions. I think it's Ben. <laughs> Shibuya no Kage. <laughs> yeah, it's me. Yeah. Hi guys. Hey. Hey, Ben. I saw this on Twitter, so I just sort of uh, listen in. But I- I'm actually curious because I don't know anything about NFTs. Uh, is are, are you kind of saying that this old kind of counterparty stuff is now selling for a lot of money? Uh. Apparently, yes. Some of it, not all of it. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I, so, so like some rare Pepe's are selling for like how much? Oh yeah. Well, uh, so a, lot. <laughs> a rare Pepe, the Nakamoto card. I think I saw that Sotheby's was auctioning yeah. it, and someone had a bid for two point four million dollars. Yeah. Oh my fucking word! Jesus <laughs> Christ! So yeah. that is insane, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So like. Yeah. I hope you don't mind me saying so. Um, this is Shibuya Shadows, who's like a very old school, famous kind of Bitcoin dev, and we used to work together in, oh, in Japan. Famous. So, yeah. <laughs> like, it, famous amongst. Yeah, I, I worked, who, I worked who, on counter, Counterparty a bit as well with you on that. Yeah. Indie Square. Yeah. Yeah, we so can. I, I, I'm interested in a little, I'm interested in Counterparty. I always like Counterparty, to be honest. It was kind of the only, you know, other 
kind of it's not really an altcoin because it's built on top of bitcoin but it was yeah it was a nice idea to build on top uh, a bit yeah so i always kind of liked it yeah I'll I'll probably go into like the kind of the, the goods and bads on Counterparty late, later, but like Counterparty was kind of respected for what people don't know because it was kind of it did a proof of burn. So a lot of projects yeah. when they launched, they did like a massive ICO token sale, and you know it was a bit suspicious because obviously all the founders got very very rich, uh, and you know coins were dumped, etc. Uh, but Counterparty was honest; like none of the founders got rich by making the uh, the XCP token. Like exactly, they had yeah. to buy it themselves. So it kind of got off to a, a reputable start but that also made dev quite hard to fund i suppose going forward. but it, you know it's still around yeah, so, exactly. you know? yeah. yeah. And, and and like the the, the uh, rare pepes that are selling for this much are they actually being traded on counterparty still or is it moved uh, like, to some other so the big money is on open sea where you basically there's something called album um emblem where you basically wrap it in a way that can be like bought with eth uh but okay. there is um, John Villas, the counterparty dev, before he mm. passed away. The last thing he did was yeah, basically make that was, that was terrible. That was terrible, by the way. I couldn't believe that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I'll, I'll was, give a shout out to him. such a good guy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So he was like the lead counterparty dev for a long time and a great mm. guy. And the last thing he did was make a dispenser, which is a feature of counterparty where you can basically send Bitcoin to an address and it will dispense. It will send you tokens back. So people are buying it with that. Because one of the issues with counterparty is it was very actually hard to trade the token against BTC or get a token with Bitcoin. You had to use XCP or an intermediary token and it was hard to get those tokens. So he made it possible to kind of uh, buy tokens on counterparty trustlessly uh, with Bitcoin. So the kind of big shout. That's out right. Because on counterparty, you need XCP to be able to issue a token, right? You don't, uh, you don't issue need a token to with a name. You didn't have to. Yeah. If you wanted to issue right. one without a name, but yeah, that's true. Uh, but that's I right. think yeah, yeah. one of the issues with counterparty, uh, which I think, like the deck, you couldn't really trade with. Um, with, with Bitcoin, right? So obviously it's a bit more friction. And the dispenser doesn't let you trade with Bitcoin, but at least l l lets you buy with Bitcoin. So Yeah, um, it's, yeah, it's right. very useful, actually. I, I use dispensers all the time. Uh, easier easier than the decks now, I think. Cool. So, um, so, but by, by the way, by the way, Counterparty communities, uh, I think is amazing because I left the community in 2017, personally. But, uh, and I didn't do much since then, but it's kind of amazing the community is still intact and uh, have added some new features like dispenser and rare community is still here and people still remember and that it itself is really something I think. And I think has, 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 there, has there been a has there been a big uh, kind of increase in interest in counterparty since this kind of the recent NFT? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. I think yeah, I think so, and I I have more confidence in counterparty rare and other vintage tokens slash NFTs mm. uh, survive another you know three or four maybe longer so longer years, so yeah, yeah. I think that it actually kind of surprised me as well, uh, to be quite honest. Yeah, it's. I think the recent uptick is you know maybe it's a bit stretched to say it, but I, I feel like it's helped fund uh, another lead dev to go full time for the, for a few years. You know. Um, based on a, an auction that was based on donations. So that's good to hear. But that's a big shout out to J-Dog actually, who's kind of like, um, yep. like old school. Uh, J-Dog got funded to, J-Dog got funded to. Uh, I, I, I gave, I gave J-Dog Coach Pepe as well. <laughs> Coach Pepe, Coach Pepe <laughs> promotion. Oh, I, I can give Chavan Coach Pepe as well, if you haven't gotten one. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, J-Dog <laughs> is the, the, the dev, he, he, I think he does a lot, but he basically, he runs X-Chain. And free wallet, which is the wallet a lot of people use, and also commits I, to the code. And so. I, I guess like as, as spells of Genesis and all this kind of stuff like kicked off again as well as a result uh, of this. And... Oh yeah, yeah. 
Yes. Oh, that, that's great. great. That's great. That's great to hear, actually. Yeah. Cool. Okay. And any any other? And um, uh, about... sorry, go ahead. Can we take one more question and yeah, then about... continue, and then we can do some more questions at the end? Sure. Sure. Yeah. But Shaban, you want to say something? Yeah, just a shout shout sh out to JDog who's maintaining Counterparty now um, uh, and does a lot of things. And also, we didn't mention, but tokenly, um, they're not around. But Adam Levine yeah. and his team, they did a lot of things for Counterparty, sure. yeah. uh, like swap bots and, and things that back, we aren't they? forgot today. Oh yeah, didn't know. Didn't Are know. They? Yeah. And of course, Joe Looney and you know other kind of early contributors. It's it's kind of easy to hop on the bandwagon now, but it's very difficult to continue working on something for a few years when nobody nobody cares about you basically. So, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah that that's yeah, yeah that's really something. I really respect that. Yeah. Uh, so we take one more question. Uh, I think we. Uh... Yeah, this Mike. I got I had a question for you, Pair Mike. Um, yeah, just in terms of kind of where where the thing is, someone mentioned before that with the wrap of the uh, tokens with Emblem bought, what do you all think about just the prospects of, um, do you think that the, the boom because of liquidity on the Ethereum side has really propelled this? So if it wasn't for Ethereum, do you think that these tokens would have uh, gained the value that they have? Thanks. Mm, good question, I think. So, yeah. There is a lot of interest in NFTs in Ethereum as a main driver, but also there are several other chains that uh, does NFT now. And there is a lot of people getting interested in NFT uh, from Ethereum and other chains. And all this attention draw a lot of people back to the roots with, uh, with counterparty. So certainly uh, the movement on NFT that happened mostly on Ethereum was a key driver for interest in counterparty. And Emblem Vault allowing counterparty token to be traded on OpenSea is also uh, a driver uh, for the demand. It simplifies uh, the access for people who are used to use only uh, MetaMask. Yeah, I would just agree. Obviously, like the, the the word NFT came from like you know Crypto Kitties, really. And I think the first projects that kind of got NFTs in the zeitgeist were from Ethereum. So um, that's quite an interesting story in itself. I think how it went from counterparty to Ethereum, which I might touch on a bit later, um, but cool. Um, yeah, I think sorry, some people uh, do have questions, but we'll probably just move on and do more questions at the end, if that's okay. So, uh, okay. cool. Um, so where were we? Where did we leave off? Uh, uh, oh, BitGirls. Bit <laughs> Someone please explain BitGirls. <laughs> Someone please explain so, BitGirls instead of me. <laughs> okay, I'll explain what I know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, that'd be great. Uh, so people might know in Japan, there's something called uh, like an idol culture, uh, like Japanese girl groups, things like this. Uh, you basically just have the concept of um, you know, AKB48. You'll have a bunch of like, you know, young girls who are quite attractive <laughs> in, in a, yeah. you, know, uh, re you know, revealing clothes. And uh, uh, from what I understand, I'm going to probably insult Japanese culture here. So <laughs> I guess I can, I can yeah. do it. Go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> Japanese, so I get some light and... <laughs> But um, what I kind of saw is you have a lot of like lonely older men <laughs> who might be single and they love to buy they, uh, and the companies, they commoditize these young girls and uh, men will basically like buy cards of them and, you know, uh, 
you know, they'll buy their memorabilia. And I remember, I think, I think it was for AKB48, when you vote a new member, you basically buy the CD and each CD is a vote, you know, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, so in a way, these kind of girls were kind of commoditized. So I guess somebody thought maybe we can tokenize the girls um, and make something called BitGirls, which is like a Bitcoin kind of idol group. And uh, we'll issue tokens for them where people can collect. And if you have the token, you're able to, um, I don't know, have some sort of like, you can ask them questions uh, or something. And then there was like a TV show they made around it, which actually didn't talk about anything about Bitcoin or blockchain from what I understand. <laughs> it was just like asking them about like their favorite food and stuff and yeah. trying to get them. But that's what I understand. So correct. I'm sorry if, if, if I've in insulted Japan, Koji. But, no, um, insulting Japan is no problem with me, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I want to add some more details, I guess. So it's, uh, it's a TV show. Uh, Organized by Zaif, which is a uh, one of one of larger Japanese exchanges, and Zaif at the time, Indisquare, our company, were actually uh, providing some service to Zaif, and we we helped, we basically let let them borrow our infrastructure and build help build a wallet called Zaif Wallet at the time. So uh, basically, yeah, Indisquare Indisquare wallet, yeah, white label Indisquare wallet, friend skin like Zaif design, basically, right? So the CEO was quite interested in tokens as well since 2016 or maybe 15, I forgot. So, and he wanted to do something with it. And he, he saw what we were doing with, what Shaban was doing with Spells of Genesis. And uh, at the time, there's a lot of uh, individuals in Japan who would issue tokens for fun. And we just do, we can probably talk about Takara after this, but or drop some tokens on Takara, etc. right? And so there's that culture of playing with tokens uh, in Japan already at the time. And when Zaif decided to do a TV show, they decided to go with use tokens for that. And the concept is what Chris kind of described, uh, but basically you can, they call it ICO, big girls ICO. Basically you buy tokens for each girl uh, as sort of a way to vote for your favorite idol or something like that. Uh, all those girls were actually not very famous or very <laughs> cute or whatever, but uh, but uh, people just wanted to do something with tokens. And at the time, uh, it was still very new. So they would just participate uh, in order to kind of support the initiative or support the company. So that's that's kind of how Big Girls started. Yeah. FYI, I didn't. I, I thought buying, paying for these random idols or females uh, felt kind of... <laughs> Not stupid, but it was, it was not really for me. So I didn't really buy anything myself. But uh, maybe I should have. Not. Nah. <laughs> I think about it. <laughs> I think I have a collection, maybe. But uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I have I have some big girls tokens as well. Some some other people gave me, but yeah, I I don't think I bought myself. But anyway, I just thought it was quite interesting. That the thing is, it's it's also part of history. It, yeah, yeah, it was on TV. So that was actually kind it, of like it, it's a big part of history. It had a, it's like a TV show on Japanese TV, right? I think it was obviously like on like at two AM or something like a, yeah, like yeah, a yeah, small yeah. time on a, it, on a small channel. Was, but it was an actual TV show, so that's historical. First time uh, token was kind of <laughs> debut token debuted in mainstream media or TV uh, in Japan. Uh, before we move on, I have a question about just Zyfe, Koji. So uh, I think Zyfe were actually quite, um, you know, they were like one of the first exchange, like real exchange to really kind of play with, I guess, NFTs. And uh, But is, is it right in saying, I, I've said this, but I want to make sure I got the history correct, because Zyfe allowed you to buy and sell Pepe Cash. Pepe Cash became an approved <laughs> cryptocurrency by the Japanese regulators. Is that Japanese right? Japanese authority. Uh, in 
you can kind of say that. It's not quite true, but we, we were making fun of it. So, like, it was recognized like, by the Japanese way. government. <laughs> it was like Bitcoin, Ripple, Ethereum, and like Pepe Cash. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious. Um, but, but that was the first uh, legit exchange to add Pepe Cash. And when the CEO said, hey, we're gonna, we can add Pepe Cash, I was like, oh, is he joking or is he crazy? <laughs> but he actually did it, so it was pretty funny. <laughs> I, I think that's probably, in a way, that results with like Bitcoin on Center splitting up because that kind of made a massive price rise because obviously you could buy and sell easily. And uh, then obviously Junseth dumped his Pepe Cash. <laughs> so it's like the whim of Asayama-san kind of, you know, rippled, rippled on maybe. Dive did it, yeah. I guess. <laughs> If, if, if you have anything more to add, we can probably transition a bit from Zyf to Takara because um, there's yeah, a yeah. little bit there. Um, so Takara was, um, for people who don't know, that was another app I made. Originally, it started, I think the first or second meetup in Japan was held at the Austrian embassy in Tokyo. And I was there. And um, it's actually quite weird because like, at the time, like I didn't actually know that Saratobi was that popular. Obviously, I saw it on Reddit and stuff, but actually, like in, in Australia, like nobody really, you know, there were no meetups. So I, I only knew about it online. But when I went there and, like, you know, I had like a Saratobi t shirt on, everybody seemed to know about the game, which was pretty cool. And um, yeah, I think we were on a rooftop and I, I, I got a bit drunk. And you know, when you're drunk, you often like think you see coins on the floor, but like the bottle caps. Um, <laughs> I thought it'd be like, you know. I thought I saw a coin, and then it was a bottle cap. But then I thought, oh, it'd be a really good idea if we can like just like drop Bitcoin on the floor for people to pick up. So I, I decided to make a geocaching game with Bitcoin, where people could basically just drop Bitcoin around the world with, with a question uh, to secure it. You know, because location spoofing, where people faked their location, was a big issue. So you would basically drop it, uh, like you know, and the, you would secure it with a question like, "What is the Wi-Fi password at this cafe?" You know, so you have to be there to pick it up. And then, um, obviously, because I was involved with Indie Square and Spells of Genesis, and you know, I decided to let add tokens to that game to let people um, drop their own tokens. But I think it's an important point that I think you have to. Ask, well, I know you have to ask permission to do that because at the time, a lot of people would like make their own like spam tokens. We call them. So you had to get permission for me. But if you got oh, yeah. permission, I, I gave it to pretty much everybody who asked who wasn't like a, a scammer. Uh, but yeah, you could drop your tokens. And one of the things that Zyf did, Zyf were quite interested. So we did like a big um, tr treasure hunt where Zyf would basically drop uh, tokens at shrines all around Japan. And you had to collect like uh, Magatama, they were called, weren't they? You had to collect like a set of them. So people would race around Japan and people would have to go to the north of Japan or the south of Japan, climb a mountain to get the temple to get these um, Magatama tokens. And if you got a complete set, you'd get a reward. So that was quite you know, interesting from Zyf to kind of be quite for forward thinking on that. And um, yeah, I thought that was quite fun. And there's also a story here where... Um, I can't remember if it was a rare Pepe or if it was just a bunch of Pepe cash, but somebody had dropped some Pepe cash in Shibuya Crossing for me to pick up. Uh, but I was late. Is it, isn't, rare, isn't it, rare Pepe and yeah, isn't it Shaban who picked it up? No? Yeah, so my wife was also... <laughs> yeah, I remember. She, does, she was like taking ages to get ready, so we're like leaving the house and Shaban beat me to it and picked it up. So <laughs> it was worth yeah. nothing at the time. But yeah, exactly. You, yeah. Me a drink, Shaban. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I was I was with Shaban yeah, at the yeah, time. Yeah, more if, than one. I, I think, <laughs> and I was like, he was trying to pick some Pepe Cash or is that rare Pepe Nakamoto token or something, right? 
And I, I think I had an opportunity as well at the time, but like, yeah, whatever. the catch it's like, so it's dope. Yeah, you, you go ahead. And I really regret it now. <laughs> yeah, I should have picked it up myself. But I, yeah. I remember Shannon picked it up and I was like, yeah, right, that's cool. Yeah. Anyways, there's some free, free alpha on Takara at the time. Yeah. Um, Takara means treasure for people who, who don't know Japanese. Um, but yeah, and then I think a, a few other projects I'll just talk about before we open it up to more questions, I think. Um, so, uh, yeah, and then there was another game called... We, we, Sorry, go on, Shaban. We really missed Takara. It, it was really an amazing idea, and I don't know why there's no something similar right, right now that NFT are crazy, I, where you can yeah. just... People. I will mention about that at the end. I, I do have something in the works. Um, yep. But yeah. Uh, about it. Very exciting. Yeah, um, but I, I want to cover that where i want to talk a little bit about like kind of where i had issues with tokens and nfts towards the end and um but just before we go on to that i also want to mention the other project was um or two more projects i suppose the sarah island uh which was actually an idea in a way from koji so we had noticed that lots of people had these tokens especially they had a rare pepe uh was taking off so people had all these tokens but there's nothing to do with them um rather than collect so koji mentioned this game called monster farm where people as kids you would basically get random cds or something and put them in your game console and based on the data on that cd it would use it as a seed to like spawn a random monster so we kind of thought it'd be cool if people could do that with tokens you basically like use any random token as a seed and it would spawn an original monster so there go it would give value to all the you know to all the the tokens people had and um yes that was Saratobi Island, which was not Saratobi. I think there's a bit of confusion because X-Chain lists all the Saratobi tokens as Saratobi Island project. Uh, but most of the Saratobi tokens were actually from Saratobi 1. Uh, and then Saratobi Island came later. Uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, I, I think that was quite cool. And, um, I, 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 you know, it's going to come, it's, it's going to be finished and come back at some point. But, um, uh, and then probably the other project after that, I think of notable was uh, maybe Shaban wants to talk about Casa Tucan and because... Um, I think was Casa Toucan was a way to basically start to play with Ethereum, right, Shaban, and other chains. Is, is that right? Yes, yes, correct. So the the idea was um, the ecosystem was uh, growing, and there's NFT potentially in other chains, uh, and if there's one, and we wanted a solution that is uh, transparent for the user, so he can collect counterparty token as well as Ethereum token or any um, other chain but in one uh, sing single wallet, but also in one casa, so meaning a pair. So each uh, b uh, Bitcoin address has an Ethereum address uh, as pair. So then anybody who uses casa token can receive either counterparty token or Ethereum token. Cool, awesome. Yeah. So yeah. I think... Oh, so, uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, casa token, I use it sometimes as well, but I really... I really wanted to improve. <laughs> it's it's kind of hard to use, to be quite honest. Maybe maybe we can we can discuss. This. I want to improve it as <laughs> maybe well. Maybe we can discuss this later, personally. But yeah. Chris, I uh, do you have <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Hey, sorry. Yeah. I mean, Chris was also helping build Casa Tucan as well, right? Oh, so I think Shaban has to leave in a few minutes, so I uh, can talk about Casa Tucan because I was involved in it. Um, got it. Got it. Okay. But before you leave, Shaban, do you just want to have any any final thoughts or words? Um, 
I like this the, the experience of this podcast. It was uh, pretty pretty cool. I think it's something we should uh, redo. I don't know what you think, guys. If there's yeah, for sure, yeah, demand, yeah. yeah, if there's demand, there's always uh, things we can talk about. So yeah, we we could talk for yeah. hours. Uh, okay, we'll have so to do a round say. two then. Um, and uh, probably round two would be good because we could probably just make it more of an open forum because the main story we could just yeah. link to this I'll put it on YouTube or something right um, so yeah um, but yeah okay, okay well so I'll probably just end I'll talk a little bit about Casa Toucan and like talk about what not, went, not what went wrong but what kind of didn't go right for the token stuff and then we'll open it up to questions um, <laughs> But yeah, I think Casa. Actually, I, I can probably combine Casa Toucan with Ethereum and the issues with with counterparty. And feel free to jump in, Koji. But what was happening at the time is um, when we when we started this, it basically cost nothing to make a transaction on Bitcoin. So uh, we mentioned that counterparty had the decks where people could like bid and trade. So it was very cheap to use. But eventually, it was just too expensive to use, and it was too expensive to send stuff. And this was kind of peaking with the scaling debates in Bitcoin. You know. Um, should we make the, the blocks bigger, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, the technology was coming up against a brick wall. And uh, this is where Ethereum kind of, I, I remember at the time, there were quite a few projects that were building on Counterparty and uh, they were complaining about the high fees. So they, they went over to Ethereum because the fees were low. Which is yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that was their, you know, <laughs> that was their punchline. Well, fees cheaper on Ethereum. You should move to Ethereum, but now it's, Ironically, it's way cheaper on Bitcoin. So I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're kind of like that. kicking the can down the road. So I think, but I think yeah. also Ethereum. Also, I think people were attracted by the like smart contracting language. It was you know um, the ERC twenty thing had like it basically had a way to buy and sell tokens built in because before that it was actually quite hard to buy tokens. But it, with that, you just basically mm -hmm. send ETH to an address and, and, and it would send it back. Yeah. Um, that's, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think obviously Ethereum started to become popular. CryptoKitties came out and. Uh, um, I'll put words in Shaban's mouth now, but obviously uh, he needed to have an answer for that. So Casa Toucan was basically kind of like Book of Orbs, but it also had an Ethereum mode. So you could have your Ethereum tokens and also your counterparty ones. It probably was difficult to use because obviously you had to switch chains. But to be honest, there's no better way to do it at the time, I think, right? It, it's, uh, you know... Um, yeah, but I guess in my view, like what, what happened again, like I kind of... At the time, I was doing research with Ben Shibuya Shadows, who, who we had on, uh, looking at kind of ways to, to kind of how can we scale tokens, how can we make them cheap to send, and uh, from I, I don't want to go into the weeds, but the only really way to do it with NFTs was basically you had to have like with the technology available. The only way to do it was to have a kind of side chain, a federated side chain, where you would peg in your bitcoin tokens and use them on the side chain and send them off so myself ben and also the the ex counterparty dev um john villas were working on that and then kind of basically like before we finished it the money ran out <laughs> you know lack of a, a better word the money ran out and then uh, i was but at the time also the lightning network came out and personally i just looked at, at the technology available and like the Lightning Network was kind of there. It worked. It had the trade-offs weren't that bad. It's still quite decentralized, and it had the momentum. And NFTs, I thought, like to scale it, it's a lot harder to scale it in a trustless, decentralized way. Uh, so I thought I'll just focus on the Lightning stuff and wait a few years for like the NFT technology to mature, and you know, and then 
take a look at it there. Uh, so at the moment, my, my main thing is I co-founded a company called Zebedee, where we do lightning um, Bitcoin payments in, in, in gaming. And, um, you know, I, I can't say t too much, but we are looking at like the NFT space and we do have like, you know, things in the works and research. So something we're going to look at in, in the future. But at the moment, we're still very much focusing on lightning. Um, my games, Saratobi and Saratobi Island and Takara, I do plan to bring them back. Um, so Takara, I'm working on a version now, which is, uh, works with Bitcoin via the Lightning Network. And I'm going to add a basic support for NFTs in it. Um, so it's not going to, like, people will be able to kind of drop NFTs for others to collect, but it, it's going to be, it, it's not going to be super smooth and slick. But I'm going to add a basic support just because I'm not sure, like, I'm kind of busy and I don't have time to look at the tech and, you know, I have a few things I'm working on the tech side. So it, it's, it's better for me to ask for NFT support like late, later next year or, you know, or to work on it. And Saratobi Island, again, it's, um, that's kind of, it, it's, it, it kind of stopped working because um, like the code base got corrupted and I didn't have a backup. But again, that is a plan to bring out and finish. Uh, but yeah, um, that kind of summed up quite a, a lot there but i basically felt from the tech, tech side like nfts and tokens weren't there we we're a bit too early it was better to focus on bitcoin and lightning network which it has a, it's much simpler and it's much more e e it's easier to scale and then when bitcoin and nfts are in a better place to look at it again i'll show you if cody wants to chime in and give his views because you kind of left this well um well 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 Maybe we can talk about it in the next uh, okay. next space. But uh, when when do you sleep? <laughs> you have too many projects here. Well, that's why on. everything isn't <laughs> released, right? You know, because I'm busy. <laughs> pretty much, you know. So um, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing, actually. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and and maybe something I can add for now is that since you mentioned uh, transition to Lightning Network, and which that is something I I also work on as well, and. Um, today's main topic is about NFT, so I'm not going to go uh, too deep into it, but Chris and I are actually working on the same game title, Lightning Crash. He's helping me with Lightning Crash as well. But uh, I see a lot of uh, NFTs and Lightning are very, very different, but I see a lot of kind of similar excitement in Lightning and what we can do with it and second layer tech and new architecture, new game design, or new application design. So that's kind of what I'm most excited about now. And that's uh, how we were feeling about uh, so-called NFTs in 2016, 17. I think that's that's what I would say. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll just end on on something I heard Lightning Koala say, I think, and then we'll open up to questions. It's like, let's, like, I kind of agree with it. Let's focus on getting one token working first, which is Bitcoin. <laughs> And then once yeah. you get that working, we, we can make yeah. all tokens work. That's how I, I saw it from like a tech point of view. But again, again, I'm out of the loop on the tech side it. anyway. So I'm sure it's progressed quite a lot. Uh, but yeah, okay, let's just open up to questions. And um, I think the last person who wanted to ask a question was um, uh, was Nish, actually. I think I added him as a speaker, but he didn't get a chance to answer his question. So it's Nish. I'm going to add you as a speaker again, Nish, and you can um, ask your question if you're still there. Okay, I'll move on to someone else. Um, who else has asked a question? Okay. Uh, no name. Well, Pan Mike has no another name question. Bitcoin. Okay. Oh. Yeah, anyone. Go ahead. 
No, okay, I'll refresh it. Oh, no name. Okay. Uh, it's okay. I just uh, my mic. You can go ahead. I guess Sirban left. Is that tr is that right? I'm looking on here. I don't see. Yeah, it. we'll do a round two, but maybe I can answer, or maybe not. I don't know. I can try and answer if you have a question. For okay. Sirban, but... <laughs> well, I, I think I'll I'll try to catch him on the next on the next one. Um, because in the Discord, there's a lot of conversation about roadmaps, and everybody's kind of uh, got, yeah. wondering what's what's going on with uh, spells of Genesis and what they're uh, going to do with that, and so, things of that nature, burning cards and things of that nature. There's a lot of uh. Uh, people wondering what's going on with the roadmap. So I, I, I'll, I'll save the question for the next time. Thank you. Sounds good. I, okay, I will cool. pop in. Yeah, we can answer that. <laughs> there was a burning question uh, a little bit about that because um, I had him on my podcast. It hasn't come out yet because it was just happened this week. Oh, nice. um, but he did tell me he, was, he wasn't planning on burning. Um, he was, as he mentioned earlier in this uh, spaces, uh, his view for spells was more of like a 50-year view. He was taking a longer-term uh, view. And wasn't looking to burn any cards, um, certainly at this time. Uh, he was more interested, and I'm not going to put words in his mouth, so you'll be able to hear it in the podcast, but, but basically to sum up, he, he was looking at a longer-term view and wanted more people involved um, in the Spells of Genesis community, um, so wasn't necessarily looking to burn any cards at this time. That's helpful. Thank you. Cool. So my question's more related to cryptocurrency and the usage of, like, biometrics. Um, like, have you guys seen Sam Altman's world going today? Uh, what? yeah, it's like, was it from like Terminator, something like they will distribute it based on the iris or something of people? Yeah. <laughs> world coin? World yeah, coin. exactly. <laughs> and it's kind of disturbing because this is kind of the same tactics that the U.S. uses in military zones, is we gather a biometric so we can figure out insurgents. Yeah, you know, it's again, it's 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 if you've been in this space long enough, it's just another person. It's you know, it's just like the whole like, like what happened to the Facebook, right? You know, it's it'll be noisy, it'll disappear, right? Um, yeah, again, that's what I don't like about a lot of the blockchain space, and what I like about one thing about the, the Bitcoin space is if somebody comes out with something on Bitcoin, the first response to it, if this doesn't work, what's wrong with it? What are the trade-offs? But these type of people, it's like we've solved it. By our token, you know there might be some good tech in there, but it's just always important to be skeptical on these things and, um, you know, give them a hard time until they prove themselves. But yeah, you know, it's just like a, it, it sounds a bit like a buzzword, like biometrics and <laughs> blockchain, right? It's you know. Um, yeah. yeah, but uh, I also see that going two ways, where we have biometric data put into NFTs or into the chain for NFTs. Certain networks may do that. Yeah, you know, I, I guess NFT is quite a broad term, so um, it'd be it'd be it'd be interesting. Obviously, we do have these devices which you know scan our fingers and fingerprints and stuff like this. Um, maybe you have an NFT of a finger. Of, well, maybe you don't want to do that, but a biometric of an artist. But yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess it's a privacy issue. Right? I, 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 don't, well, I think the fingerprint scanner yeah, is not a bad idea because almost every cell phone, every iPhone nowadays has a fingerprint scanner. They're secured by the hardware. What I mean by that is they're stored on the phone. They're not sent up the network. Probably so, not. So you can actually maybe that that's actually not that's a cool idea. Maybe we've uh, talked something to an existence here. Yeah, you know, I'm all for people trying new ideas and stuff. You know, you know, it's uh, less, you know. Uh, It'll be a nice competitor yeah, to well, OpenSea. I'm sorry. Yeah, it could be. I I, I don't really have strong opinion on, on this uh, topic. But uh, yeah, um, if it's a new experiment, they can do that. But uh, WorldCoin, to mention WorldCoin, for example, there's a lot of, oh, 
it's happening with NFT as well. There's a lot of misinformation and misconception and buzzwords, and which is something I really don't like about the current NFT ecosystem. Uh, NFT is not some magic to make your garbage into real art or something like that. So, yeah, that, that's what I would say. But I don't know too much about biometrics or fingerprints and that kind of stuff. So I cannot really comment on that. But yeah, there's a lot of too much, a lot of hype in this ecosystem in general. Well, so. I'm one of the guys that, well, here's how I'll put it, is I can build my own crypto off Ethereum and adding fingerprint functionality is not too hard once you know the iOS and Android APKs and you're good to go. Yeah, I'm just saying this is this is not like, this is not the main topic we are here to discuss yeah. today, that's all. Let's take another <laughs> yeah. question then. Um, so Thank I'll you, go the every, no worries, you're welcome. No, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sorry, I we cannot really, yeah, have a good so, opinion on that. Our every has hey. his hand up. Um, can he unmute himself or? Yeah, hey. Is it Martin? Hey, uh, Christian and Koji, can you hear me? I can, yes. Yeah. Hey, well, first of all, I'm I'm having a, a total fanboy moment listening to Christian and Koji talking. <laughs> this is crazy that we're all in a room talking about it. Um, I wanted to, my, my question is like a really basic question and, you know, Back in 2015, 2016, I was using the like Indie Square wallet and uh, Casa Token. After that, you know that that kind of mobile interface, and it's a really basic need, I think, for collectors, um, especially with like the counterparty assets, just to have a really simple mobile interface where you can kind of scroll through and view a collection. Um, and I like. You know, there's the new some of the newer stuff like MetaMask. Like MetaMask has a a mobile app, um, and you can click on NFTs and kind of view your collection. Do you guys have a plan? I know we're talking about the more advanced, you know, Lightning Network technology and that kind of stuff. Are there some basic plans to get a simple app um, back in the App Store where we can just view our collections? Because I think that's for a lot of the new collectors, that's kind of a a missing feature right now. Is just how do you view what you've got? in an easy way, you know? But I think, so I think my, myself and Koji have left Indie Square. We don't have anything to do with that anymore. But I, Shaban is still, and Everdream Soft is still doing Casa Toucan. So um, it'd be important to kind of ping them on that kind of um, progress. Uh, I am working on something with my company, Zebedee, but I can't mention too much because it's all, you know, hush, hush. Uh, I think, again, it's about kind of, it's hard to make these apps really, really you user-friendly when it's all built on the base layer because at some point you're going to have like you know horrible fee spikes and stuff and you know it's just you know so i think we're seeing that transition of like nfts to other layers but again you know the second layer is a buzzer it doesn't just fix you know it doesn't fix it it's still the trade-off so i, I think it's going to you know take a year or two you know until we get the experience that people really need on mobile with trade-offs they can accept um yeah uh kind of my answer but yeah um so i wish i could that now if i had a lot more time i i might but uh i chris christian and i, I are obviously already busy with uh, our current projects so short answer is we we won't but uh i think i, I still get some you know time to time i still get some people ask me like when do you do you plan to bring back book of orbs and because it was like the best mobile app for collectors, etc., and that that's kind of flattering to me because at the time this idea of mobile wallet uh, focused on collectibles or or NFTs 
so-called NFTs, uh, it was still very new. And we were like, you know, everything was new for us as well. So Chris and I were like working daily to uh, build the app and uh, improve the design and, you know, add features, etc. So um, I guess there's no good alternative for Book of Works now. I mean, free wallet works and I use it and I think yeah. it's good, but it's not really for collection. And so, yeah, uh, kind of flattering most the request us to do that, but uh, we, we cannot do that. The, the other thing is, uh, we were too early in this, I guess. And if we had the app now, maybe we would be able to monetize on it. But uh, a lot of the times, especially in early days, building a wallet is a thankless job. It's just, it's, there's a lot of things you need to do and people complain about losing private keys or, you know, transaction failing, uh, different things. But uh, there's no money in it. And now maybe it's a slightly different, but it's still very difficult to build and maintain a wallet. So, uh, yeah, it's... So I, I guess I have a lot of respect for wallet developers and maintainers. I think, well. yeah. uh, I think I it's simple to make like a watch-only wallet that looks nice. Because obviously yeah. you don't have the issues about, you know, people losing their private keys because, you, you know, it, it's just a watch only one that can look nice so maybe that's something i could actually do if i have a weekend or something that'd be quite nice you know um you know gamify it a little bit would, would it suffice yeah just what's only wallet sort of work like yeah gallery yeah app. like no like i i have a lot more game programming chops so i, I could probably like make it like 3d and cool and stuff like that. make like a gallery um, almost so yeah that's probably something i could probably if take a look at when i like take a look at i'll be island yeah, again i would, I would. I would. I know. I understand. There's a kind of the monetization part of it would would suck, but that kind of view only. Like right now, when somebody asks, you know, what's in your collection, you can kind of point them to, um, you know, yeah, Book of Obs was awesome, right? But you could you could point them to like an X chain, like they could pull it up in a browser and view yeah. your view your address. But yeah, that kind of watch only gallery would be amazing, where you could just scroll through just on an address, right? You don't mm. even have to log in with any kind of credentials, but. Um, I understand it. Mm -hmm. I, I would, I would donate to a crowdfund if you were going to do that, Christian. It would be awesome. Yeah, it, it's not the money; it's the issue. It's time, <laughs> pretty much. But um, so, yeah, yeah. I, again, like I, I, when I find a bit of time in between projects, I do plan to release, re-release Saratobi Island, and that would be the time I could make something like that. I actually did have an interesting thing in Saratobi Island, which is a little bit similar, but. Um, if people know DuckTales, Scrooge McDuck had his, it's like big bank where you jump and swim in all these coins. I, I mean, like a 3D thing where you would link your wallet address and it would fill up your like Scrooge McDuck bank with, with like your Bitcoins and also your tokens would drop. So you could just like walk around and see your treasure stash or something. So, um, yeah. So when I look at Saratobi Island again, it makes sense to maybe make a nice, you know, explorer. Um, and I'd, I'd probably use like the X-Chain API for that. So, yeah, you know, yeah. Probably, but yeah, n not soon, I would say. <laughs> cool. uh, Joe, Joe Looney is in here. May maybe he's building something oh. similar now. <laughs> Mobile replica wallet would be awesome. But, um, yeah, Joe, you have a something to say, Joe? Yeah, I just wanted to say hi. It's been fun. Uh, it's been fun listening and uh, having to answer the questions. So I hope we answered them correctly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I just wanted to. Uh, I had teased like the idea of doing a, uh, a hackathon. Um, for counterparty stuff, and I think we're getting closer to that actually being a uh, a thing. So uh, yeah, I, I guess I would just say stay tuned, and I'll probably uh, oh, nice. I'll probably message you guys separately once I have a little bit more details oh, cool. on that. But uh, yeah, I'm yeah, happy to, to donate some like tokens to that or something. I don't know if, if need be. We've got 
Nice. Yeah, I'll reach out to you guys, but I just wanted to, while, while everybody was in here, I figured I'd uh, kind of tease it since people are asking about uh, um, people building things. So we need more people building things. I think that's kind of <laughs> where we sure. are. So uh, if we can, I'm, hope, I'm hopeful something like a hackathon could just bring more developers into Counterparty because there's, there's a lot of a lot of collectors now and a lot of people that are going to kind of donate and, and see things get made. And now we just, we need more people to make them because all, all the devs that have been around for a while busy with their, their projects and, and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to, to say that. And, uh, yeah, it's been fun listening to you guys, but I can, I can hop back down now. Sounds great. Well, well it, cool. It'd cool. be great to have you in, in the future space as well. Maybe we can chat about, you know, grab happy stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Just let me know. Cool. Awesome. Yep. Hey guys, um, I got to, I got to actually bounce. Unfortunately I have a, um, a meeting yeah. but man thank you guys so much I, I think actually what joe just said really puts in context how magical this space is for me actually just listening today which we have three of like the devs who actually built kind of the base layer of what we now enjoy as nfts and i just want to thank both of you guys who are still up here um which is just amazing i mean we're all in this nft space i'm in the nft space we're all here and i mean you such uh like you were laying the first bricks and uh, so just thank you guys so much for that. Yeah. No, yeah. Pleasure. Thanks. No problem. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. Adam. Yeah, man. Cool. Uh, before, okay. So, Adam, any, Adam, before you leave. Any yeah, other yeah, questions? Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, Adam, before you leave. Um, do you know when you're going to um, release that Shaban interview, number one and number two, did he talk about the uh, sandbox or potential sandbox collaboration? Uh, he did not talk about the sandboxes as far as I can remember. Um, but I'll, I'll try to have it out next week. Um, definitely try to have it out next week. Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, raise your hand right. if you have a question. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask Shaban what he's working on now <laughs> and what he, how he feels about the current NFT <laughs> ecosystem. But uh, but we can we can do that Naga. next time. Naga, Naga has a question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you guys have like a Discord yeah, or anything for developers? Uh, Counterparty doesn't have a Discord, and no, uh, I have a Discord for Lightning development and gaming. Uh, but for Counterparty stuff, I don't think there is one. But yeah, um, maybe that's sure. something that Joe would set up for the hackathon. So yeah, makes sense. Thanks. Yep. Yeah, I have a question, guys. Um, for, for Christian and Koji, I know you all say that you're all in the meeting space. Can y'all just talk about? why you all are focusing there more so than some of the other uh, other projects and what's yeah, the long-term sure. view for lightning yeah um well yeah so i suppose i guess i started off with bitcoin and then kind of i came to tokens uh, but my view is just um yeah i'm I still have a few like open questions with regards to NFTs and tokens. So one is like a technical one and the other one is more like a, a philosophical one. So the technical one is the whole point of like, you know, blockchain and cryptocurrency, it's like you're kind of sovereign and you can, you know, you don't need to ask permission. You know, obviously not everybody will use Bitcoin and blockchain in that way. People will use like centralized wallets. But I feel it's important that anybody, if they want to, can, you know, be able to, you know, use stuff in a trustless way. And uh, I, I think the light, the scaling solution for Bitcoin, the Lightning Network, it has trade-offs. Uh, but the trade-offs are acceptable. What you give up in order to get speed and low fees, um, you don't. You know, it's you don't necessarily give up too much with regards to like decentralization, etc. I did a lot of research in looking to scale NFTs, and um, it's quite hard to scale NFTs in a way that people would expect 
them to use without it becoming quite centralized, I feel. Uh, so I just, I, I alluded to this before. I thought, well, I'm sure there's an answer here, uh, but, you know, there's only so many hours in the day, but, you know, lightning is taking off. It's there. We can run with it. I, I co-founded a company around it. So it's, it's much, much more, um, uh, what's the word? productive for me to focus on that and what you know and then once the nft tech because nfts came out after bitcoin so i just assume there's going to be a few years later before you know the technology is there so that's kind of the technical answer the, why um, don't you just start an nft yeah, gallery uh, and just say you're a bank an nft what sorry an nft art gallery and state that you're also a bank Maybe, well, maybe, uh, but I guess it doesn't solve the technical issue. But but this kind of goes on to the well, philosophical. Well, let me just mention the philosophical point. Then I'm kind of thinking, well, how decentralized do NFTs mean need to be, and what does an NFT mean? You know, say I have a game that's completely centralized, but I, you know, I say like th these items are rare. Is that fine? You know, is that as long as I'm honest about it you know so i kind of think there's a spectrum of nfts to well, kind of ones that are like really decentralized on bitcoin and you can run node and then there's nfts in the middle which are on the side chain you might have a private key but the you know you don't actually you can't verify if you own it so I, i'm not too sure from a business point of view where nfts make sense in gaming just yet and there's probably going to be a spectrum of them um so yeah so so i'll give you non very non-technical answer to your question. Uh, my, my answer to that is more about my intuition and curiosity. Uh, about, you know, early NFT, what we were doing at the time, uh, nobody else had ever done. And that was kind of exciting. And that was kind of uh, keeping us motivated as well. We were doing something kind of new. Not many, many people knew about it, or a lot of people dismissed it. And like, it's kind of pointless. And you know, you, you don't have to do it, that kind of stuff. But we, we you know, still felt, oh, this is kind of interesting. And, you know, we would see Real Pepe was born and like that's the energy around it, it was really crazy, right? We could feel, uh, we, we experienced a lot of interesting things uh, over the years. So now do I, the reasons I'm not interested in NFT is that it's discovered by more mainstream audience. So it's not very interesting to me uh, anymore. So that, that's one of the reasons. And Lightning is still very underappreciated uh it's not really recognized uh widely but we see potential and if we plug in lightning into you know this application what would happen you know how would players react to it uh, or we, we, maybe we can you know connect two applications with lightning just like we did with nft and a lot of different things that that has not have not been tried yet so that's one of the things that got me interested in lightning and i still feel very it's an it's a very exciting and uh underexplored uh, field. So that's one of the reasons. I'm also going to be blunt. I also don't care about NFTs as much. I care about Ethernet or the Ether, um, mainly because I think Ether is interesting because they give the Ether name service where you can do that website, like that ducktails.eth. You could totally do that. Yeah. I, I, I suppose where a lot of old people from Bitcoin maybe have an issue with uh, stuff on Ethereum, rightly or wrongly, is that... Um, we find it uncomfortable that uh, you can't run like a validating Ethereum node. So and that means that it's it, 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 so again, it, I have this issue with Bitcoin where people say like, you know, not your keys, not your Bitcoin. I think that's not the full answer because you can have a private key to your Bitcoin, but if you don't run a full node, it's still possible for people to deny you to actually make a transaction with your Bitcoin or 
they can actually hide your Bitcoin from you. So you actually don't think you have any. I kind of think there needs to be this kind of base layer of decentralization. And with Ethereum, you know, I'm not, it might not be important, but I kind of feel that if it's not simple for regular people to be able to verify the whole network, at some point, somebody's going to kind of, you know, do some, um, you know, kind of, uh, I don't want to swear, but uh, I won't swear, but, you know, it's so like you could have like a hundred million dollar NFT on Ethereum because you think you have a private key, but then somebody, if the value is high enough, it could be various types of attacks where they would, you know, stop you from being able to see your balance, stop you from being able to make transactions. I just kind of feel building the kind but of... But that's coming with the nature of decentralized, where you're kind of delaying the validation over time, right? It's not instant like a credit card. Nah, nah it's okay. This, this space today is about NFT, so let's Yeah, yeah that's kind of Sorry. a technical thing. So maybe I'll do a technical yeah. deep, deep dive, yeah. yeah. Um, if any... Other guys have any other questions, we'll answer and we can probably wrap it yeah, up. Yeah, we'll do it. Uh, and we'll, we'll have round two, Shaba. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I know you all, I know you all <laughs> talked a, little, a bit about the counterparty. Um, I know there's a Folder Pepe uh, card out. I know Helene was. Folder Pepe. Yeah, Helene was. I, I don't know. Anybody have any. any Folder Pepe? Pepe. No. <laughs> no, no, I, we don't. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Is Helene still on? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I see Helene. She's on. I, I wonder, could she talk about that? Oh, folding. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. You mean, yeah. Okay, yes. well, I think let's let me see if she can answer. Uh, okay. Okay. Hey, Helene, you want to say hi? Or do you want to answer the question? Hi, that are in. Hi. I guess you. What, what is your question about Folder Pepe exactly? I made that one. Can you just talk about it a bit? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Folder Pepe was an idea I had because I wanted to incentivize some of the the people that were participating in Folding Coin to uh, uh, get a reward for the folding they were doing. And at the time, Folding Coin had merged folding, which is where you could win. Besides the Folding Coins themselves, you could also win other items, other assets. So um, they they had uh, made a platform available for other people to issue tokens that way. And this is, by the way, this is how FD card was issued. So you you could make a token that uh, you can distribute in that way to people in proportion to how much uh, work they were doing on uh, um, solving the puzzles on folding coin, which is uh, helping science to find cures for different diseases like cancer, diabetes, Alzheimer, and uh, now COVID. So yeah, um, the idea was just to, to make it a little bit more fun. So I was distributing these, I, I think I made 600 of those. So I, I made this I made an issue of 600 for the paper and a different community member helped me make the artwork for that. So we, we like did this as a collaboration and uh, I would distribute these every month depending on uh, all the people that were doing folding at home via the folding coin app. They would get a, a proportion of, of the rewards if they got above a certain amount of, of work units. There was like a threshold. So, so if you got more than this much work done, then you would get a folder pepper card 
And uh, so I was going on for like a year and a half or something until I, I finished the distribution of that. And I ended up with zero full the purpose myself. And then like, <laughs> yeah, I had, I had no folder purpose in the end because I didn't want this to be something unfair because, you know, I was, I, the whole idea was to make an incentive and this is before NFTs blew up and then became valuable. So it was, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people that were doing folding at home that, and on folding coin that didn't really, uh, maybe until now they don't know the value of the card. So yeah, I, I ended up getting one. Donated to me by by rapid news. Bradley, he he sent me one. Because yeah, cool. He felt sorry for me because I uh, he found out that I didn't have any folder paper myself anymore. So yeah. So, so I, I think, uh, one last thing maybe I can mention is that, uh, is that interesting. A lot of people ask questions about the context of the work and. Uh, I think this is something special in the RepEpe community or counterparty tokens community. I, I don't know how they're what they're discussing with CryptoPunks, et cetera, but I, I think the context really matters and I have some theory about it and maybe I can talk about it uh, next time, but uh, I, I wanna hear Shaban's opinion on CryptoPunks and other NFT yeah. series as well. So maybe next time. Let's yeah. just wrap up. Let's just take like two more questions and then Let's wrap up then. Uh, sure. If, if, okay. if there are two more questions, yeah. and then we'll do a, a round two because it's best to have Shaban here to answer the questions. So, yeah, we, we couldn't cover everything we wanted, but there's still a lot of things we can talk about. Cool. Uh, no more questions. Nope. We'll be going for a good two hours, so maybe we'll just leave it there. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you. Well, if people do have questions, okay, feel free to ask us on Twitter or whatever. So. We're happy to answer. Yeah. But yeah, I just want to say thank you, everybody, for you know join, joining. It's a, it's been a, a really cool chat just to be able to talk about this stuff, which I tried to tell my wife many times, but she wasn't interested. So it's nice to have ears who want to listen to it. Um, yeah. yeah, I really appreciate uh, new, new collectors who are curious and interested about this early history and, you know, just give us, show us some respect. And we really appreciate that. So we'll try to have round two and hopefully uh, more. Uh, more many people can also join that as hey, well. Awesome. So yeah, well, thanks guys. This was really good. Yeah. No, thanks for joining. Thank you. See you. Thank you Bye. guys. Bye. Thank you everyone.